What is going on, everybody? And a happy Sunday to you Bills fans and you football fans. This is Icy Mike's, where the takes are ice cold. We have a special guest with us today. What's going on, buddy? Justice General, how you doing? What's up, Dan? This is absolutely amazing. A pleasure to be on here. I really appreciate you having me on, bro. Well, guys, uh, Mike's a little busy, so we got we got to fill in today. And there's been a lot of NFL news, so let's get right to it, man. We're starting with the Buffalo Bills schedule now. Me and Mike touched on it a little bit with the primetime games, but we didn't go in depth. So I want to get your opinion too, Justice, on this. Uh, we got Bills Steelers Week One, obviously in Orchard Park. You think this the Bills take this one? Yeah, man, I I don't see the Steelers like making the playoffs. Quite honestly, like the AFC is absolutely stacked like you got the bills chiefs titans colts browns uh ravens you know you got up and comings like the jaguars and the um Bengals. you know with, with their they finally found their franchise quarterback i'm sure they hopefully you know are thinking that um but i just it's it's so competitive right now and to me the steelers are the bottom of the totem pole like they're in that middle pack like i could maybe see them fighting for a seven seed. But, um, you know, last year they had the weakest schedule ever to start the season. Um, and then, you know, this, the first opportunity they got versus a good defense, which would have been the red, I'm sorry, the, uh, football team. Um, but they lost. Then they finally played a, a great team like us. They lost. Um, and then, you know, they lost, they got <laughs> obliterated by the Browns in the playoffs because they were supposed to be, you know, the good team. But I think that their defense is good. I think that Ben is just, you know, past his prime. I don't see them being very good this year. Uh, so, yeah, I think we, we win that one uh, quite convincingly, to be honest. You know, a lot was made about that with Pittsburgh's schedule being, you know, a cakewalk. You can only play, you know, who you're scheduled to play. But, yeah, I think they definitely had a little bit of an easy go. People said that about Buffalo, you know, going into that Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving game. They were like, oh, Buffalo hasn't played a real team yet. And, you know, we, we blew out the Cowboys. You're right, because they, they tried to say that we hadn't played a real team last year, too. <laughs> so uh, you definitely are correct about that. And I think the Steelers are also just one of those teams who – their coach makes them better as much as, you know, maybe a lot of people don't like him, but you got to respect Tomlin. And, you know, I think the Bills are going to win this one too. It's, it's home. The fans are going to be back and uh, I'm, I'm expecting some fireworks. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I will say that I do think Tomlin is probably one of the greatest coaches in NFL history, just from a longevity standpoint. So I do have a, a ton of respect for Mike Tomlin, but I don't think they're going to be very good this year. All righty. Next one we got, divisional game it's the dolphins in miami september 19th this is a tough one man miami was really good last year surprisingly you know who expected that out of the dolphins it's another team that's building a culture with flores there i'm taking buffalo i just i think the offense is so high just efficient and they're gonna score more points than the dolphins what do you think? Yeah, man. I, I Josh Allen is the dolphin killer. Like I, I've said this before, but I kind of equate Josh Allen to like the Tom Brady versus the Bills. He he is to the Dolphins what Tom Brady was to us. Like because 
Josh is a three. Or he's a going into his fourth year, which means he's played the Dolphins six times. He's lost one time, and that was because Charles Clay dropped a touchdown pass in the end zone. Um, so, and and I feel like every other time is it hasn't been even close. Like you know, maybe they you know scored late and were down by one score, but then even then, Micah Hyatt, you know, takes the onside kick in for a touchdown. Like it wasn't necessarily close. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that, uh, yeah, I, I just think that Josh Allen's the dolphin killer. I see him going for 450 again, 500. You know what I mean? Like when I think about what Tom Brady did to us, it was kind of like, okay, we got on this time, you know, this time is the time. And then it just, it never, you know, happened for us where we, we could beat him. Um, maybe like one, two or three times we might've beat him in like his 20 year career, something like that. Um, so I think I honestly just feel like that's how Josh is going to be with the Dolphins. Uh, and also they don't have a quarterback in their quarter. And if you feel like they have a quarterback, he is not even in the same stratosphere as our quarterback. So, yeah, I don't see the Dolphins uh, being very competitive, to be honest. But we do know, I mean, they won 10 games. If any AFC East team is going to compete with the Bills, my money's on the Dolphins. I don't think it's the Patriots. I don't buy the hype with all of what they did in the offseason. But I think this is going to be closer than you think maybe, but I'm giving Buffalo the edge here. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand. You know, it's it's not illogical to feel that way. I just – it's a hunch really, you know, just a gut feeling. Um, so, yeah, that, that's really all I'm going by. Well, let's talk trap game. Definitional one right here. Washington football team. Is it going to be Fitzmagic or Fitztragic, Justice? They're feeling themselves so much that they get a little cocky. Okay. Um, I honestly, I don't think Washington is the team to do that with. I think Houston might be more of you know fit that uh, mold, just because they're awful and we don't even know if they have a quarterback at the moment. Like, well, hey, Tyrod, it, might be, it might be Tyrod exactly. Yeah, Tyrod is pretty good, but um, he's no Deshaun Watson, obviously. Um, but. Washington, honestly, I'm starting to gain a lot of respect for Washington uh, because ever since they got Ron Rivera, obviously last year they kind of, uh, let's say, lucked into a playoff berth. <laughs> but um, they have a phenomenal defense. Like that, that front line, seven. Ooh. Yeah, that, that that front seven is very dangerous. Um, and so I'm, I'm not going to sleep on them. And we know Fitzpatrick is one of the quarterbacks who eats our defenses alive. A, a lot of time, you know, um, there's a couple of times where we played my, or I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Miami and Fitz has been on the field and we're like, uh, he's moving the ball like a little too much. You know what I mean? Um, then like you get like a Trey white interception that kind of swings the pendulum. Uh, but you know, Fitz Fitz really eats up our defense, uh, for the most part. So that's a little concerning. And then, you know, they're, like I said, their, their defense is really good. So, uh, I would hope that this is a game that the Bills bring their A game in. Uh, so I, I, I feel like it, it may be a little bit closer than than I'm uh, than I like to admit, but I feel like we can get it done. It probably I would say maybe thirty five twenty seven something like that. Okay, a close game for sure. Uh, there's a reason that Fitzpatrick's still in the league. You know, he is one of the smartest quarterbacks in the entire league with the Wonderlick test. Harvard, we all know his story by now. He scares me, man. And you want him to do well because, you know, he 
He's a lovable guy. Like, <laughs> and there's so many guys like that that come through Buffalo. You know, Anthony Dixon comes to mind, and just yeah. so many guys. I think Bills are going to win again. I mean, they have to prove this year, if anything. You know, last year was the year where Josh Allen had his coming out party, you know, gained some MVP votes along the way. This is the year where they just have to be like, you know what? We're not losing those games that are are supposed to be close. We're winning the majority. And obviously they did good with that last year, but now it's a continuation thing. You know, look at the Jaguars. That's a team that I look at. You know, they had that – playoff run where they almost beat Brady, almost go to the Super Bowl, and then what? They don't sniff the playoffs for another three, four years now. So I don't want that to happen to Buffalo where, you know, things just fall apart. I don't think it's going to happen with the way the salary cap is, but I just – I want to see them win these games this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, I kind of look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's kind of like an elite quarterback who doesn't want the pressure of of having a football team on his shoulders. Like – He's like, okay, I'll come on throw for 300 this game, but I don't want you to think that's like the standard or set expectations. Yeah, on he's me, got a so four, I'm gonna a four throw four stretch. picks next game. Exactly. Yeah. A four game stretch of Fitzmagic, and then you see Fitztragic happen. Absolutely. That's right. So he he's, you know, obviously a genius. You know, he went to Harvard and everything. So I'm I'm thinking maybe he just thinks that backup money is pretty it's not bad money at all, you know what I mean? Especially when you have the talent level of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I'm sure that he doesn't go out there and throw interceptions on purpose, but it is a running theory of mine um, <laughs> that he he just doesn't want, you know, the, the you know, the, the the weight in the, you know, the weight of having a football team, you know, on his back and having to lead a franchise. So, uh, I, I, I do think that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is one of the better quarterbacks in the league, to be quite honest with you. Uh, so, he, I, yeah, that game does scare me a little bit. <laughs> well, if you heard his comments um, before he supposedly retired, which was a false report, he said that he's not out there looking for jobs. They're calling him, which is interesting because, you know, a lot of people overlook him. And I, and I don't think I'm, I'm one of those guys like – he, he's in the NFL for a reason, and, and he's good. I really wanted him to go back to Buffalo and be the backup this year. I think that would have been pretty fantastic. Me too. That's exactly what I wanted. I wanted uh, either him or Josh Rosen. But actually, Mitchell Bisky is not a bad uh, backup. Yeah. I, if you have a backup that can start on other teams in the league, you're doing something right. And he could start on a handful of teams for sure. All right. We got the Texans, man. I don't even know how long we want to hit this. They're full of running backs, I can tell you that. I mean, their quarterbacks obviously got legal issues going on. Hopkins traded, Watt traded. I I can't even name a Texans receiver right now off the top of my head. Fuller's Uh, gone. Yeah, Fuller's gone, yeah. (laughs) Kiki QT maybe. Uh, That's what. But you know what's interesting is speaking of the Texans – and also the Jaguars, who you spoke of earlier, they were the last two teams to beat us in the playoffs. And they both dramatically plummeted as far as like their franchise value. Um, so obviously uh, the Jaguars imploded because they had a all-time defense, but they didn't have a quarterback. So that's kind of why I don't see us going in that direction because our team runs because of our quarterback. We have a, you know, one of the, a generational talent, you know, at the position. Thank goodness, finally, right? About time. Exactly. We've been waiting for this forever. Uh, but so that's why I don't see us really having 
those same faltering uh, moments like the Jaguars and the uh, Texans. And I mean, and hopefully, you know, Josh is a great guy. Hopefully he doesn't have any like skeletons in his closet and he isn't doing anything appropriate. Uh, but I don't really see him doing that. You know, he seems like a pretty, you know, down to earth guy. I uh, mean, j- just to defend Watson a little bit, we never heard any problems with him up until this point. So you never, you never know what these guys scary. are up to. Yeah, it is scary sure. because as soon as you ask for a trade, all this stuff comes out and I'm not a conspiracy, well, maybe a little conspiracy theorist, but I'm not saying that, you know, I don't want to belittle the the, the per- perception or the story of any of these women. So I'm not going to say that, you know, it, it's like just straight up. Oh, you know, they're trying to out to get them. Like it, the timing of it was just really like really weird. That, that's exactly. I was thinking the same thing. Like I get if it's one or two, but then you got, 20 all of a sudden and people are are still coming out and then there's people in the organization like the story really was crazy and it doesn't make a lot of sense to me as to why it came out right now and and that's where your conspiracy theory really starts to go crazy because you're like how can all of this fall like a domino like they obviously right. want him in town. exactly they exactly. obviously want him there so and not only that but to your point they still haven't traded on him and have no plans to trade him, which is really weird because if there's a guy who's being, you know, inappropriate to women, I don't want that guy on my team. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Tom Brady. I don't want you on my team if you're going to be, you know, doing stuff like that. So for for them to to still be adamant about keeping him, that is really, uh, just say, interesting. <laughs> now, now, for you to say that, I, I want to take you back to, to what you said there is – you know, for them to have somebody like that on their team who, you know, doesn't respect women or something. In the NFL, if you can play football, you're on a team. Antonio Brown is an example for you. Kareem Hunt is an example for you. And I get, you know, they they made bad decisions and they changed. But in in, in any other job, if you did that, you would not be hired again. But since you you play football very well, hey, come play for our team. And it sucks sometimes. It really does because then you have people looking at the NFL in a different way, a way right. that it shouldn't be looked at. Mm-hmm. But the Bills are going to win this game. That that's the, that's the yeah the exactly <laughs> exactly the Bills are going to win. It's going to be a blowout, honestly. And I hope Tyrod does well. I really, really like want the best for Tyrod. You know, I love him so much, especially for just being. He was probably one of, if not the best drought quarterback we had. Well, I guess technically Josh Allen counts as a drought quarterback. He was probably second or third, you know, in, in terms of the whole 20 years. He was probably second or third best quarterback in the drought era. So uh, lots of love to Tyrod Taylor. Um, I, I wish for the best for him, honestly. Well, let's stay on him for a second because there's a good question there. You know, they sent him away to Cleveland at the time, you know, when Allen was coming into his own. You think that was fair? Do you think it was fair to send him to Cleveland for a third round pick? Or would you have liked him to go into a better situation? Um I think that Bean wasn't necessarily concerned about what was best for Tyrod Taylor. Um I think that No, I know and, as a team, and, as a team, he's worried about his team. I'm saying for right. us, what well, what are your thoughts? Right. Um I think that you know what? Actually, it, it wasn't a horrible situation, you know, because they didn't have a quarterback a lot like us. Obviously, they were going to draft one. 
exactly and improve himself he just uh he's a little too timid you know he's he's uh he's he doesn't like to to let it to let it fly you know ever since he lost Sammy Watkins really um he hasn't really thrown it taking too many chances you know he likes to stay conservative and I understand that especially when you don't have a guarantee in terms of you know your roster spot you know you don't know that you're going to be starting quarterback so you don't want to go out there and just throwing interceptions all over the yard you know you, you take what the defense gives you and you don't lose games for your team and I think that that was his mindset here in Buffalo I think that was his mindset when he went to Cleveland and I think that was his mindset when he went to LA unfortunately he had a rookie quarterback come in all three of those years which is and then i mean you got i don't want to say sabotage but the, the training team definitely didn't do anything to help him yeah the, just the chargers training team really needs an upgrade because it's not just him that's been you know messed with they get hurt all the time over absolutely derwin james has been injured i think uh keenan allen was interested so yeah absolutely casey hayward Bosa misses time. Melvin Ingram. Melvin time. Ingram. Like, yep. So everybody. yeah, they definitely need need an upgrade over there. But, uh, I, but think, it, I think that's a misconception of Tyrod's game. Is like he throws he throws a pretty deep ball. He really yeah, does. He throws, not that he, he throws an excellent. It. He throws an excellent deep ball. But that was that was that was kind of my point. I think that he was just unstable, and he was like, "All right, you know, I don't want to lose this job. I want to be a starter somewhere, so I'm not going to take too many chances." And so that's where you get the conservative, you know, behavior. Uh, so I, I really wish he would just let it fly. Like you're in tech, you're in Houston, and there's nobody around you. There are zero consequences, basically, because this is just a lost season for them, as far as everybody except outside of Houston is concerned. So, yeah, hey man, just go there and let it fly. Seriously, you're probably not going to have too many great talents around you, but he's able to run. He's able to move the pocket. Uh, we know that he's super duper athletic, agility, all the great stuff. There were a couple games when he was in Buffalo that he won by himself. Like uh, specifically, I go to the Houston game where, you know, he heard, man, there, there was this one play where he like dodges like two, three people at the line. He's running on the sideline, scampering into the end zone. Like, and, like he was literally the only reason we won. Uh, so, yeah, he has the talent to probably be like a top 15 quarterback, if you ask me. He just needs to to do it, to, to just, yeah, just go out there and make it happen. I feel like Taylor and Fitzpatrick are both those puzzle piece quarterbacks. Like if you put them in the right situation, they can succeed. But they've really been either A, unlucky in certain situations with Tyrod, or Fitzpatrick is just that curse has followed him. Every team he goes, he will start. So if you sign Ryan Fitzpatrick, just know at one point he will be your starter. Absolutely. For at least a game or two. At the very least, a game or two. <laughs> All right, Justice. Julio Jones to the Titans. Now, this scares me because the Titans already can compete with the Bills, and they've proven that by beating the Bills on, on some occasions. I think the Bills have the edge overall, but, you know, definitely close games. Um, if you were the Bills GM, if you were Brandon Bean, would you have done that trade? So I can give you the, the details here. It was a sixth rounder and Julio Jones – for a second rounder this year and a fourth rounder next year. Would you have done that? <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, what? Like, absolutely. <laughs> um, our defense wasn't great to start the year. They were trash to start the year, let's be honest. And that actually contributed to our Titans loss because if you take a look at it, we had both corners out. 
the Titans' average starting field position was our 40, and they scored all six times they were in our red zone, which means all they had to do was go 20 yards, and then they were already, you know, in the position to score. You know, we had, obviously, that that really unlucky interception. Um, I think it bounced off of Andre Roberts' hands or something. Uh, and then we just had some really unlucky breaks, and not to mention the game was on a Tuesday. So I don't hold too much weight into that loss, but at the same time, I'm not stupid and I'm not naive. I know that the Titans are an excellent team, uh, but Jake, you know, uh, you know, brother of ours of built in Buffalo. He said something interesting. He said, last I checked, Julio doesn't play defense. So that doesn't make the Titans a super team, which is, is a great point because the Titans defense is not good at all. Ryan Tannehill, you know, he's, he's coming along and he, he's looking really, really good. Um, but when you look at the way we play defense, or the way Leslie Frazier runs his defense, and, and McDermott, obviously, they're a bend-don't-break team. You can run all you want. You're not getting anything over the top. And, uh, yeah, like, you know, once we get into the red zone, we're going to bend and don't break. We're, we're going to, A, stop you, or B, create a turnover. And then for some reason, whenever people are in our side of the, of the field, they miss field goals. I'm not sure what it is, but it happens – Quite we'll often. take it. We'll take exactly. It. <laughs> so you know, just uh, I don't think that that move really changes our game plan too much, because I mean, AJ Brown and and Corey Davis were a hell of a tandem. I mean, obviously, Corey Davis is no Julio Jones, but you know that was a tandem that you have to worry about. So I don't think that, like I said, I don't think it changes our game plan too much. And uh, to to answer your question, I'm sorry, I'm rambling, <laughs> but uh, to answer your question. Yes, I definitely would have taken that trade. You see, I don't, I don't know if I would, and I understand why Julio's numbers are great. He's obviously one of the best receivers, probably ever. I mean, you could probably put him up there with with his production that he's had. But Brandon Bean hates trading draft picks, and I can understand why. Look at what happened with Wyatt Teller. I mean, obviously he, he was a rookie and he wasn't working out at the time. They trade him away. He goes, you know, a Pro Bowl guy all of a sudden. And I, I don't think the Bills need him, you know, at this point because they're, they're pretty good on the offensive line. But I don't think anybody would be complaining if you had a, an all-pro on your line. So I can see that, you know, Julio's had injury problems. He only played nine games last year. He really hasn't been the guy since Calvin Ridley came into town. Like Ridley, Ridley's numbers have been either on pace – or better than Julio Jones, especially in the touchdowns category, which I think, you know, happens. Like Diggs really didn't score all that much last year, but the yards were obviously tops in the league. So I don't know if I would have done it, to be honest. And and the cap obviously made it so that the Bills really couldn't do it. There really wasn't much they could have done to get this move done. But it really does scare me with Tennessee. I still think Buffalo can win that, but – I don't know, man. Kansas City, obviously the number one competition for the Bills in the AFC, but I think, if anything, the Titans got to be number two. And you know what? That's that's a fair assessment. For me, I think, you know, I, I used to play football, so I know that there a lot goes into football other than just, like, showing up and playing every Sunday. I think that motivation is a big part of it. And when you're – you have an MVP quarterback, you're literally a quarter away from winning the Super Bowl – and then just having somebody storm back in and, and win the game in overtime, I'm sure that can be un- incredibly demoralizing. Uh, and I think 
that Julio probably just wasn't motivated. You know what I mean? And, and you know, take a look at uh, just the Bills' history. During a drought, remember everybody was always injured? I think it was just lack of motivation. They were like, oh, my thigh hurts. I really don't feel like playing. You know what I mean? And I think that that probably went into, you know, Julio's deal as well. You know, the team, let's just be honest, they sucked the last two years. You know, like, and which is crazy because they are unbelievable. They were, excuse me, unbelievably talented. They just couldn't put it together on the field. Whether yeah, it was they're not it. bad on paper at all. You look at right. that team and you're like, hey, this should be like a team that competes for a playoff spot. And then they go out. Super that Bowl, game really? against the Cowboys was ugh, horrendous, yeah. man. How did? Oh. Exactly. And and I think, you know, stuff like that starts to take a toll on you and, and you don't feel inclined to, to play for a team, which is why I think he wanted out in the first place. So um, I'm sure that injuries, I'm not saying that he faked injury or anything. I'm just saying that I think maybe there could have been an opportunity where he could have played a little bit more had, you know, he been motivated to. That that's a hot take on icy mics. Now, that's something you don't get very often. So thank you for being here, my friend. Um, Richard Sherman, would you sign him? So in the beginning of free agency, I said no, um, and my reasoning was he's not going to help us beat the Chiefs, which is what we're trying to do because. We have the AFC East on lock. What you said earlier, you know, the Dolphins are probably the team that's going to compete with us. I think the Patriots are going to be a little bit better than most people think. Um, but even still, not good enough to complete with a 14, should have been 14 win team last year. Uh, and um, the Jets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the Jets obviously are, are garbage. So, um, I, I said no originally because he's not going to stop me, Cole Hartman and Tyreek Hill and maybe Travis Kelsey, depending. Um, he's not going to he's not going to be able to keep up with those guys. And though we do play zone defense, there's been times where I watch him absolutely get destroyed in his zone versus us. Actually, Gabe Davis killed them in, in zone play. And so that was discouraging. Uh, but now at this point, I would say if. You know, you're on a you get him on a vet minimum deal. Couldn't hurt. You know, couldn't hurt to have a guy like Dane Jackson learn from Richard Sherman. Levi Wallace <laughs> learned from Richard Sherman. It, that doesn't hurt at all. So um like I said, if it's a vet minimum or not too expensive, I'm for it. Are you surprised he hasn't signed anywhere? Because this is like a big name. I'm I'm surprised he really hasn't gotten that much interest, or at least it doesn't seem that way. From the outside looking in, obviously. Yeah, he's old though, you know. And, and honestly, actually, uh, he he said that he did get interest. He said he's just waiting to sign with a contender. So, yeah, he also wanted to wait until after the draft so he knew what teams were doing. And I think if you're looking at that, Buffalo would be a prime place because they didn't go corner until Wild Goose who I don't think is, is going to be starting this year, sadly. For all you Wild Goose fans out there, you can you can blow me up on Twitter at the real Dan Kelly if you're interested in that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, honestly, you know what? I'm not going to uh, count Wild Goose out only because Dane Jackson was also a very, very late-round pick, and Dane looks to be pretty good. So, obviously, I'm not expecting anything from – Rashad Wild Goose this I'm year. I'm saying maybe. starting wise, but, he's not going to be yeah, starting yeah. this year. <laughs> right. You know, but going forward, you never know. 
So, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you there. All right. Well, you know, you did say Sherman's old, and he is, but we're saying goodbye to a cornerback in the NFL. Jonathan Joseph retired. Uh, I really remember him on the Texans the most. That's where he spent the most time with the team. It's just weird seeing all these guys that, like, I first saw when I got into football, like, seeing these guys dominate, and now they're all retiring. It's like, it really makes you feel old when you're not that old, you know? Yeah. yeah. For me, it was uh, – I remember uh, LaDainey Tomlinson retiring. It was really shocking for me, and that was a while ago, and now I really feel old. <laughs> so. I, can't, I can't even bring my Tomlinson story because the, the Bills fans will – well, murder me for it, but uh, Tomlinson was the guy who first got me into football with the Chargers, man. It, it, he was the reason the reason that I turned it on was 21, man. LT man. was a beast. Everybody loved – I mean, not everybody, but, you know, if you were a fan of football, you loved watching LT run. Um, but uh, another one, you know, Eli Manning retiring was, like, really surreal. Um, you know, so – uh, Kyle Williams for me, um, you know. So well, of yeah, that was big for sure. Buffalo in general. Any any retiring in Buffalo, even the Kyle Orton thing came out of nowhere. You know what I yeah. mean? Like when you're a fan of the team, I feel like you got a little bit more, you know, because obviously we know the players a lot, a lot better on our favorite teams. Yeah, but uh, yeah, just I I agree. Um, Jonathan Joseph was, you know, probably. He, he he might be inching up there toward all time great. Um, he, he he's I mean, two time two time Pro Bowler, two time second team All Pro. I mean, no, and he, nothing to scoff at at all. And and not only that, but he played such a long time that you know just those accumulative stats, like like a Frank Gore. You know, Frank Gore probably isn't regarded as like the greatest running back ever, but you know, if you play enough, the long enough, excuse me, and if you're good enough, you get to be third on the. Uh, all-time leading rusher list, which, by the way, people saying that Frank Gore isn't going to be in the Hall of Fame, that is a very dumb take. I just want to say that. (laughs) Yeah, Joseph retires at 37. Frank Gore is still going. Gore's a Hall of Famer. I don't know if it's, like, first ballot, first ballot. No, no, no. Maybe maybe not first ballot, but he's going to be in. You can't be top five in rushing and not be in the Hall of Fame. That doesn't make sense. All right, Justice. We're we're winding down here on Icy Mics. I'd like to thank you again for coming on. It was a joy talking to you. This is our first interaction. You know, Built in Buffalo has something every day. Uh, I had some stuff going on yesterday. That doesn't mean I'm missing the podcast today. It's going up. Everybody's going to see it. It's going to be a little late. So thank you to anyone who watched in. I'm going to let you plug yourself, your show, your Twitter. Let them have it. Hey, man, I, I really appreciate you having me on. It's been a blast. Um, I'm a really huge fan of you guys. Ever since you guys have uh, come to the Built in Buffalo Network, you guys, you know, came in with a bang. You guys have brought a lot of support even to the Built in Buffalo Network. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at uh, JA17MVP and then uh, the underscore Built B-I-B. Uh, but if you type in JA17MVP, you'll find me. Uh, you know, my name is Justice Radford, and uh, oh, and you can listen to the Windshield Factor podcast every Tuesday on the Built in Buffalo Network, where you know you can also find this podcast, Icy Mike's. Uh, you know, Dan, awesome guy, one of my favorite people in Bill's Twitter already, and I've, I've just got to know you, so uh, I really appreciate you having me on, bro. No problem, man. Anytime, we'll for sure have to bring you on with the whole. You know, the whole shebang, Mr. Mike Shimbersky. I'm calling you out, buddy. I'm, I'm excited to get to talk to you again next week. 
Uh, guys, this is Icy Bikes, where the takes are stone cold. This is Dan Kelly. Find me on Twitter at the Real Dan Kelly. Hit me with your factual NFL statements. Maybe they're controversial. Maybe they're not. I'd love to have a conversation with you all. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week.